0: Peace and many blessings and glory be to God. We we praise the Lord for the opportunity to share his word today. Our message today will be entitled, Effective Personal Bible Study. Effective Personal Bible Study. I'd like to read a scripture which will guide us as we go into the word of God. It's taken from Ezra chapter 7. And from verse 10, it says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10. May we bow our heads for prayer. So Lord, we thank you for this day. We pray, O God, that as we study your word, Holy Spirit, guide us. And I pray also, Lord, that those receiving the word will mix it with faith that we all together will not just be hearers, but be doers of your word. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, we are not in ordinary times. The scripture says in the book of Daniel, that when we are in such difficult times, it said that people that know the Lord, they are God. They shall be strong and they will do exploits. I believe that for one to know how to live, and to overcome the situation that we all find ourselves in, and in any such times, one needs to know the Lord personally. And knowing the Lord personally requires that we know the word of the Lord personally. There's, uh, the scripture also prophesies in the Old Testament that they, uh, time will come when they would not need another to teach them, but they do, the Lord himself will teach them one on one. So it's very important for the child of God to have a personal knowledge of the Word of God and how to receive the Word of God, how to understand the Word of God, how to interpret the Word of God, how to apply the Word of God in their everyday lives. And the example of Ezra is great for all of us. In Ezra 7.10, as we've just read, he did a number of things. The scripture said he prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. He says also that he, t- he desired to do it. He also desired to teach the statutes and ordinances in Israel. I want to frame today's uh, discussion or study on these the, the different aspects of Ezra's desire to teach the word of God. And to, why he was studying the word of God. Number one, he had preparation. Preparation. We see him purposing in his heart. The second aspect of Ezra's work is in the study. Then we also see Ezra also desiring to teach. And not only to teach, but also to do. So for one to be effective in studying the word of God or to have an applied Bible study life, it's important to know and to understand how to apply these key areas of Ezra's life. Purposing what happens in your heart, what happens in your study, what happens in a desire to teach, and then also how we do the actual work of applying the word of God that we, 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 we read about or we study. To begin with, we cannot study the word of God without the Holy Spirit. Jesus made a statement in John chapter 14, verse 16, and then also verse 26. All through that passage, he speaks about that he will not leave us alone and that the Holy Spirit will come and teach us or lead us into all truth. Now, it's very important that no matter the strategies you have, no matter the books you have, no matter the reference material you have, you know and I know that without the Holy Spirit, uh, we cannot understand the word of God. We read the Word of God, or we study the Word of God. We are enabled to interpret the Word of God. We are enabled to live the life of the Word of God through the, st- the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. He says, I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. When you move to verse 26, He says, The Comforter, when He comes, He will, th- he will come and comfort you, t- he teach you, and lead you, remind you of all things. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So there are many things that we might not have been there when even Jesus spoke them. But when the Holy Spirit comes into the picture, he's able to bring to our remembrance all the things that Jesus has said. Hallelujah. So as we desire to study the word of the Lord, to personalize the study of the word of God in our lives, we must not leave out the presence of the Holy Spirit. So as we desire to have a purpose, all the things we will say under purpose are given under the instruction of the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at a, a, a good purpose. What do what we mean by a good heart or a good purpose as Ezra had? I want to outline six or seven very key things that matter for a person who has to have a good purpose, a good heart, if he's going to study the word of God. Number one is that you must have a desiring or an inquiring heart, a heart that wants to know God and to seek God and to know the ways of God. If you go with that mindset, you open your Bible, you study the Word of God, you are reading the Scriptures with the mind that I want to know more about God. I want to study more about God. There are mysteries about God that we all don't know. And so Lord, help me as I engage the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me to understand the ways of God. Help me to know what I don't understand. Help me to unravel the things that I need to understand so I can get closer to God. An inquiring mind we see the experience of daniel in daniel chapter 9 we see that in verse 1 and 2 in the time of, of, of the bondage in babylon daniel himself was under such uh, uh, pressure calling looking for the lord calling upon the lord and the scripture said by verse 2 he says and understood by the books as i searched as Daniel sought the books, as he looked into the books, he understood the ways of God. He, he, he had an inquiry mind. He wanted to know why are the people of Israel still under bondage? Why are they still suffering? What is going on about their lives? As we go on in life, sometimes you go through a situation, maybe your marriage, maybe your business, maybe your church, maybe your spiritual maturity. You look at yourself and you say, ah, why am I stagnant? Why am I not progressing? And then the Lord leads you to a psalm and says, Oh, why art thou cast down, O oh, my soul? Then you realize that, ah, there's a scripture that, that also says that uh, the, the Lord's hand is not, is not shortened in, in Isaiah 50, 59. That the Lord cannot hold, uh, reach out to you. Or the, the, the Lord's ear is not blocked. So as you seek, as you ask questions about life and about situations and about the relationship with the Lord, the Lord begins to re- lead you to areas that can re- address the problems that you are dealing with. So, number one is that if you want to study the Word of God in a meaningful way, you must have an inquiring mind. You must desire that I may know Him, like Paul said, and desire that I may understand the followers of His sufferings. That If you want to apply the Word of God, you must desire to know more about God. Hallelujah. The second thing is that, Many people do not enjoy and have a a commitment to the word of God because they don't have a heart of faith. When Ezra says he purposed in his heart, he had a heart of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, Hebrews 4.2 talks about this again. He says that though some people, when they heard the word, they did not not work for them because they did not mix it with faith. So what it means is that their faith was already there. There was something waiting. And when the word of God dropped, it mixed it. And then you we were able to apply it. If you want the word of God to work in your life, you want to enjoy studying the word of God, be in readiness. When you say faith, is have an expectation of hope. Believe that this word that I am receiving, this word that I am reading, this word that I am seeing, that I am reading the lines is about to change something in my life. It is about to get me closer to God. It is about to make me understand the ways of God. Then you are talking about a, a, a progressive or fruitful Bible study life. Your life of study becomes fruitful when you have an attitude of faith. Never read the word of God in doubt. Never read the word of God having fear. Having read the word of God just like a classical. Just being there and say, Oh, well, they said I should have my quiet time. They said I should study the Bible, so I've just read it. No. But when you read it in anticipation, with expectation. Faith is the expectation of things hoped for. You, you, you know that God will do something with the word you are about to read. You know that the word is precious. You know the word b- will bring a miracle. The scripture said, He sent His word, and His word healed them. So you have faith that as you read the word, I, I remember many uh, years ago, I was struggling with sleep, and the, I read for, I, I saw, I, was, uh, I saw from the word of God that He gives His beloved sleep. So I began to confess that word of God. Lord, you said, you give your beloved sleep, you give your beloved sleep, and before long, it was all over. There are many situations in life that when you approach the word of God with, for example, when you are you are, you are faced with a, situ- a demonic situation and you know that the scripture says he sent his word and the word delivered them from their transgressions, you are able to affirm the word of God. And when you affirm the word of God, the word of God works for you. So receiving the word of God with faith is a very important purpose that one must have, right attitude that we must have as we approach the word of God. The next important attitude when it comes to this is Having a teachable heart. Many people approach the word of God with their own mindset and pomposity. In Psalm 25 and verse 5. The scripture is very clear. Psalm 25 and verse 5. Psalm 25. Verse 5. Let me just run through that for you, please. It says, Lead me in thy truth, and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. So, you have a teachable attitude. You don't know it or I don't know it all. So, Lord, I come to you, so that... With that mindset, I might have studied philosophy, I must have studied religions, I must have been with some of the biggest brains uh, uh, on campuses all over, But I don't know anything. Anytime you approach the word of God. You come with a learning attitude. You may hear the sermon title. You might have heard it before. You might have read the book which seems so similar. But every time the word of God is unveiled. A revelation comes forth. So you have a teachable heart. And when you have a teachable heart. God is able to teach you new dimensions. Of the same things you might know. So that is another very important thing. That attitude that is required. For us to enjoy our personal Bible study life. Equally, we must have a patient heart. In Psalm 27 and verse 14, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is a way of, a right attitude towards being ready to hear from God. Many times we read a word of God. And we want to quickly run up to something. Or draw conclusions. Or want to understand everything thoroughly. And many times we many times study the word of God. And you get frustrated because you didn't understand a line or two. But the scripture says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. There are many things that I have read in the scriptures. That I know that I don't fully understand. I read it once. Twice, thrice, I still don't understand. I pray, I still don't understand. Maybe a year, maybe six months, down the line. Or you'll be listening to a sermon. Ah, that's a word I I now understand. It means waiting on the Lord gives you a better understanding. As you tarry, as you start say before the Lord Holy Spirit, teach me this thing. It's not always that he's going to instantly, as you read it, you are going to grab it. There needs to be time before the Lord. That is why when we come to study the word of the Lord, we should not be in rush. We don't rush in the presence of the Lord. Many times these days, because life is so fast, we are always in a hurry. We are not able to wait upon the Lord, even in our daily quiet time. More so our devotional, personal study time. I urge you, make time to wait patiently on the Lord. Have a waiting and a patient heart. The next thing is that have a humble heart. In, Psalm, uh, in Proverbs 3, verse 5, he says we, say we should trust in the Lord with all our, our, our might. Lead not on your own understanding. In all of your heart, sorry. And lean not on your own understanding. Many times we have understanding that we think we have. Maybe from the background that we have. I hear people, for example, quote or misquote. They say, oh, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. Well, it's not in the Bible. Or cleanliness, the Bible says, cleanliness is next to godliness. It's not in the Bible. So that's their own understanding. But there are things that are in the Bible about the way we ought to relate to our environment that you can refer to. The way we ought to take care, because the scripture is very clear about that. It says that which in, 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 in the book of Genesis, where it says, Be, be fruitful and multiply, replenish and subdue the earth. That's the scripture that deals with the, uh, taking care of the environment and taking care of all that we have around us. So when you don't know, you have your own understanding. There are many people who have their own understanding about how to relate to pastors and how to relate to the church. Even offerings. Sometimes you realize that people say, Oh, but Jesus said, don't show your offering to your, uh, 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 the next person. But Jesus didn't say so. Jesus said, when you are doing good, when you are helping the poor, don't go and make a loud mouth out of it. Because Jesus himself saw the woman who gave a little offering. In, fact, in the scriptures, if you read the book of Acts, you see in chapter 4, towards the end there, uh, Barnabas and others, they gave land and they gave other things. And it was recorded in the Bible. Many people who gave in the time of Solomon, it was recorded in the Bible. So God is not against uh, uh, maybe the, the church or official or somebody getting to know how much tithe or how much you have given. That is not the, the issue. It is about your attitude towards pride, towards showing off that God is speaking against. But because of these people, there are many people who say, Oh, I don't want anybody to know my money, so I will not tithe. That's your own understanding. Your understanding is low about the issue of tithing. You think, oh, uh, th- th- it's Old Testament. No, but you read the New Testament, you see tithes in it. So there are many things that people have their own understanding about. They, th- they have their own understanding about how pastors ought to, to run their lives. They have their own understanding about how the church ought to be governed. They have their own understanding about the way the Bible needs to be read. Uh, oh, maybe when you're going Bible, ask for Bible. It's only when you're in trouble, you approach the Bible. But if you have a, a better understanding... Of the word of God, you realize, so you are humble enough to, to receive God's direction of understanding. You realize that you need the Bible in every situation. So you hear people say, oh, as for God and church, it's only for special occasions. When you are in trouble, you go to God. It's, a, it's your own understanding. Your understanding is not, it's not right. So humble yourself, drop your understanding, and as you approach the word of God, be humble to receive the understanding that comes from God. Say, Amen. The next one is the diligent heart. When you are studying the Word of God, be diligent. Pay attention to detail. Go on to be willing to work hard at it. Just as we do our secular jobs, be working hard when you are studying the Word of God. And last but not the least, we must have an obedient heart. So, in all of these, all I'm saying in the first part is that when you are studying the Word of God, have a good purpose. And having a good purpose, I'm saying have a desire, right? Inquiring heart. Have a heart of faith. Have a teachable heart, have a patient heart, have a humble heart, have a diligent heart, and have an obedient heart. When you have this, then you are getting ready to connect to the Holy Spirit so that your Bible study life will be transformed. Now let's move on to the next statement by Ezra. He purposed in his heart to study the law of the Lord. Studying. When the scripture talks about studying, it's not just reading. Reading Studying involves observation. Studying involves interpretation. Studying involves paying attention to detail. So I'll mention four quick things that are important when it comes to studying the Word of God. Number one, you read. In 1 Timothy 4.13, Paul told Timothy, Don't neglect the public reading of the Scriptures. Those days, the Bible was in scrolls. You get one Old Testament message in a scroll which was like a, a long piece of cloth which was re- read to just a, the, 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 in the synagogue or wherever the people gathered. But today we are fortunate. We have it on iPads. We have it on our phones. We have it everywhere. So yes, so he's of saying don't neglect the reading in public. We can say don't ne- neglect the reading to yourself. Hallelujah. And Ezra... And Nehemiah did this sort of thing. They read it, the scriptures. All the, 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 the public reading. They, they read it. And the people heard it. But today, Ezra may not be there. Nehemiah may not be there. But you and I, he says, take your iPad. Take your phone. Take your, 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 your paper Bible. Take whatever, wherever the word of God is. And read it. Reading is one. But beyond the reading, the scripture goes on to say, Study. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study. Study means that now begin to interrogate the things you are reading. Begin to pay attention. Begin to observe. Begin to interpret. Begin to di- uh, digest and, and dissect. Ask questions. Probe yourself. See yourself in the mirror of God. And, and you see, many times people say, I don't know how to study the Word of God. But we are able to study physics. We are able to study chemistry. We are able to study mathematics. And you see, when we don't understand, we look for the students who are very bright and we go to them. Sometimes people even pay their money. Sometimes on the campuses, people even pay cook for people so that they can teach them stuff. So if you really are diligent in the study, you will look for people who understand the Word of God better than you and you humble yourself before them. And then they also help you to understand it. You look for material. You look for reference material. You look for chain reference uh, material. You look for concordance. You look for the commentaries. You do your best. So studying it takes a lot more work than just reading. Then beyond studying, we have meditation. You, you, you meditate on the word of God when your mind is concentrated on uh, the scriptures. A few days ago, I was meditating on the scripture in Acts chapter 2. And I was, I was marveled. The word one accord on the day of Pentecost. It said, and they were all in one place with one accord. Then I realized, ah, so it means that we can be in one place and not be in one accord. So I began to search the meaning of accord, agreement, being together, being united in purpose, being united in goal, being united in what we are activity. So the word accord alone could take an hour or two of one's time. So when you are meditating, you are reflecting on you you are dissecting detail detail detail. You are going precept upon precept, line upon line. And you are able to draw conclusions. And you are asking God, probing questions. And you are interrogating the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is engaging you. That is meditation. You are in deep thought. You are not taking things light. So you are not interrupted by your normal thinking, your own views don't matter. It's the mind of God that matters. Hallelujah. Joshua said, The Lord said to Joshua, This book of the law must not depart from you. In chapter 1, verse 8, but you must meditate upon it. It is meditation that is able to translate the things we know into our spirit. So that's why it is through the spirit that we prosper. When the word of God enters your spirit, Then it becomes transformational. And in the transformation, that brings out the prosperity. In us, say, Amen. And last but not the least, we memorize. We are fortunate in our generation, all over the place the Word of God is around. But many years ago, in many parts of the world, the Word of God wasn't that easy to come by. The Word of God was hidden in monasteries. And the Word of God, even in modern day China and other places, it's not so easy to come by the Word of God. So people uh, were used to memorizing. And all of us, we will get to situations where the Word of God must live in you. And you can't always take a phone or some uh, material where you want to make a reference. So the Word must live in you when you are confronted or we are confronted with situations in our lives. We need the Word of God which is alive in us. And that will come when you memorize the Word of God. Because you are used to it, you you say it to yourself many times. And when the situation comes, the Holy Spirit pops it up if you look at the sermon of Stephen in Acts chapter 7, you see, he had, a, uh, he had memorized, he had studied the books from the time of Moses all to the time of Christ. and He was able to do an excellent narrative. And in, in that sermon, he filled a lot of gaps in the uh, history that people couldn't get through the reading of the, or the, uh, of the books of Moses and some of the, 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 or the, or the prophets because he had memorized many details of those stories. Beloved, it's not enough to read, to study, to meditate. But it will be great if we can memorize the scriptures. Hallelujah. Now he talked about Ezra says he desired to teach. To teach. In the book of Hebrews, we are told by the writer that at the time you ought to be teachers, you are still students. So every person, every student of the Bible God requires for you and I at the point to be a teacher. God requires that we don't just aim that I want to read the Bible for my sake uh, to solve my problems. So when I, my children are sick, I can pray for them. Or when my husband is not well, I can pray for him or her. Uh, my wife is not well, I can pray for her. Or if I need a problem, I need some God to do something for me, I tend to the Word of God. It's good. But it's important that you aim, when you are studying the Word of God, aim to one day Grow so that you can teach others. In Second Timothy two two, we are told the same thing. Paul says, "The, the things that I've committed to you, commit to others. They will teach others also." So we are being taught by the Holy Spirit. We are being taught by God so we can teach other people. So when you are studying, have a mind of a student who wants to be a teacher. Equally, have a mind of a student who wants to be a preacher. Because you see, the Scripture is also very clear. That the word in you is what you preach in Romans 10 verse 8. The word is in your mouth. The word of life or faith that we preach. So when the word enters you, it should be processed to the point that you are able to also preach it boldly. You are able to declare it, the truth. When you declare it, then others will be set free. You have been set free. Jesus said, free, you freely have received. Freely give. So when we have been taught, we teach others. When we are, we have been preached to, which we preach to others. So everybody who is a student of the Bible, who is studying, I charge you to aim to be a preacher. Amen. Ezra did that. He purposed to be a preacher. He purposed to be a teacher. I don't know. You have been a Christian many years. 10 years, 20 years. Ask yourself, how many people have you preached to? And you say, oh, it's a pastor's duty to preach. No, that is not so. Since the things that we have studied we should commit to faithful men who will teach others also. Who is your student? Where are your 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 your, old, your congregation? Where are your people you are teaching? Where are people you are? And teaching doesn't mean you should have a pulpit. You can do a teaching in your home. You can do a teaching in your office. You can do a teaching or a preaching wherever, on the bus. You can have teaching and preaching in, in your in your in your among your friends. You can even do a preaching and teaching online. Hallelujah. Beloved, Ezra spoke about what to do. He says, I want to study the word of the Lord and not just to have it in my life, not just to teach it, but to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. How do I do it? When we read 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, we give, we, give, the apostle gives us a guide. In 2 Timothy 3, 16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I believe these lay a strong, a solid foundation for the things we can do with the scriptures. Number one, it says, Profitability for doctrine. Doctrine. It means that the precepts, the divine instruction of God. When you are studying the scriptures, look out what is God's divine instruction about anything. There is doctrine relating to different aspects of our lives. There's doctrine about the Holy Spirit. There's doctrine about the Trinity. There's doctrine about God, who He is. There's doctrine about the church. There's doctrine about, about the way the body of Christ ought to operate. There are different doctrines about the gifts of the Spirit. There are different doctrines. And the Bible teaches all of these. So when you are studying the Word of God and you are writing your notes, and you are putting them down on your iPad, or you are doing whatever you are doing, look out what is God's position on this matter. What is God's position on alcoholism? What's God's position on this uh, 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 immorality? What's God's position on relationships? What's God's position on A or B or C or D, on marriage? What's God's position on any... There is a doctrinal position of on everything that God has said. So the Lord's table, there's a position on it. What does the Lord, the word of the Lord say about the communion, the table of the Lord? So that is what we call doctrine. Then there is also reproof. Or conviction of sin. You see, whenever we are reading the Bible, we should soften our heart so that God can speak to us. So, if you're you're reading the Bible and thinking that it's divorced from our lives, it creates problems. Reading the Bible should make you ready that maybe God is correcting something about my life. So, you ask yourself, what is this thing I'm reading correcting about my life? What can I make better? Um, Is my life going to remain this way after reading this passage? The next thing is that, he says, correction. So anything that is not right in my life, how can the word of God bring me back in line? if i had a, relation, a temperamental problem if i have a relational problem if i have something which is not acceptable uh, an attitude which is not acceptable to god what is this scripture i'm reading saying about that does it say that okay then if i have been negligent in doing what i have to do as a parent not taking care of my my my, my children or as a pa- as a child not being uh, obedient to a parent or not doing or, or being subject to authority then says okay then correct that thing so the Bible, for example, gives an example where you, Jesus said a man went to the, te- the temple and then over there, as he was about to offer his sacrifice, that he had a conviction that he had, something was wrong with the relationship he had. The scripture said he had to go back and correct that situation. So there is a way of correcting everything in our lives and that is written in the word of God. So in any time we are reading the word, ask yourself the Lord, what do I have to correct? What attitude now Thing do I have to change? What structural thing do I have to change? It says, for instruction in righteousness, training, the way to go. So, yes, I've corrected it, but I don't know what next to do. When you read the Word of God, you'll get that clarity. But in addition to that, the Word of God talks about confession. When you read Mark chapter 11, verse 24, what are you doing with the Word of God? We need to confess that if we Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. The things you say must be things that are in the word of God. When you say the word of God, the word of God is activated. Hallelujah. So, in effect, you, what you do with the word of God is not just saying it or reading it to another person or preaching it, But practically for it to be actualized in our lives We must subject ourselves to doctrine We must subject ourselves to conviction of the Holy Spirit We must subject ourselves to the correction And we must subject ourselves to training in righteousness And then we must confess the word of God Speak the word of God Many times I remember as a younger Christian Singing uh, uh, songs with the word of God, and it, it, it brought such life, and and make the word of God so real in, in one's life. When you, you I, I remember there was one from First John 7, uh, four, seven, and eight. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and he that loveth not knoweth not God. And and as you sing these songs out of those, these scriptures, it becomes part and parcel of you. Look for a scripture like the, the Psalm twenty-three. You can sing it. When you sing it over and over and over, you can live that life. Your faith is strengthened as you make those confessions of faith. Hallelujah. Beloved, let me say that Bible study and making it a part of our lives is not all that rosy. When Ezra was preaching and teaching and studying the word, it wasn't easy for him. Nehemiah did not have it easy. But in our time too, people were not having it easy. We are buffeted by all kinds of things. Pressure is all over us. Many things are taking our attention. The digital world is good for us, but it's also taking our attention. But I want to just mention three things that can significantly affect our attitude towards the Word of God. Number one is when you have an attitude of what I call the signboard attitude. When you are studying the word of God, never imagine that you are studying it and you are remembering, oh, if Brother Kojo or Brother Sister Y was here. Ah, this is describing that one. And you yourself, you are hearing the word of God from the pulpit or from wherever. You are studying from the word of God. But all you are seeing and imagining are people's lives. When you do that, you are in trouble. The word of God will never have a full effect. Secondly, when you Read it and study it. Because you have been asked to write an exam or present it as we used to do in secondary school. So it becomes a religious paper. Religious education paper. When it's like that, it becomes a problem. Either for preaching or teaching or for... just Maybe I've been asked to lead a Bible Bible, uh, study. Sunday school. So I have to make the notes. You have to make the notes. It's good. But more importantly... It is for your own good. Moses said to the people, in those days, in in, I think Deuteronomy 32 verse 47, said this word that you receive, it is your very lives. When you and I accept that the word of God is our very lives, it makes a whole lot of difference to our approach. Do never sit down and say, I'm doing it because of a duty. Never study the Word of God out of duty. I remember in those days, people would come from Scripture Union and others and ask, have you had your quiet time? At a point in time when you've been in the faith for six months and over, nobody needs to ask you whether you had your quiet time, you've had your Bible study, or you've studied, how many books have you read in the Bible? Back to back, how many times have you read the Bible? It's not necessary. You should know that the Word of God is life to you. Amen. And last but not the least, interpretation of the Word of God we must avoid hyper-spiritual interpretations of the word. What What do I mean by this? Many times, the word literally, as it stands, means what it says. Hallelujah. If the Holy Spirit wants to reveal something more to you, he will reveal it to you as you will keep inquiring. But there's a new move. There's a lot of people who look into the Bible and everything. They say, God didn't mean what he said. He means something more. The more you put it into that, you put yourself into that situation, if you are not careful, you get into what we call syncretism. Where you bring your cultural and personal experience, interpretation, it becomes overloaded. You are not able to get the full meaning. Beloved, the Bible is a very good book for us all. It is the very word of God. It will help you. It will help me. It will transform my life. It will transform your life. It will get you closer to God. It will help you to overcome the challenges of this life. As we started at the beginning, we talked about Daniel's statement that the people that know the Lord, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. As you also desire to do exploits, we also know that in, in Isaiah 33 verse 6 said says that these days Will not be easy but wisdom And knowledge will be the stability of the time Times will be rough but when you have knowledge When you have understanding You have, have wisdom of the word of God From the word of God you are going to be able to Stay strong and overcome Hallelujah Let me just end by dropping a few Practical hints Number one Never study the word of God without praying it's not just a common book. It's not just a theory. It is a spiritual book. So you need the Spirit of God and you activate the presence of the Spirit through prayer. Number two, be very practical. Write down the notes. Observe the things that need to be observed. Number three, when you study the Word of God, just desire to share the Word of God to whoever, whoever is around. If you don't have a spouse, your children, if you don't have children, your friends, whoever you meet, try to share the little you know. Many people say, oh I don't know much of the word, I can't preach like that one, I can't preach. No, the little you know, the woman that Jesus met in, in Samaria, in John chapter 4. She went and the little she knew about Jesus, she went and shared it. She said, come see a man, could he not be the Messiah? Based on the little, she had a sermon, a short sermon. A short revelation of Jesus. And she went out there and she shared it. You, to the little you know, go out there. Share with somebody. Even if you are wrong, if you make mistakes and you misquote, God will bring somebody away who will teach you. The Bible said there was a man uh, 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 in, 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 the, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, in chapter 18. The man was called Apollos. The Bible said he knew only up to the gospel of John. to John the Baptist. And yet he preached a powerful message. He was able to preach and he was teaching. Out of the little he knew. What do you know? Begin to share it. Don't say, I'm waiting till I become ordained as a pastor. Or I become a deacon. Or a Sunday school leader. And when you begin to teach the little, you know God will increase you. Last but one is question issues. When you read the Bible where you don't understand, question some issues. Question some issues. Ask people, don't be skeptical, but question the issues. Why did this happen here? Why Be humble in your questioning. And God will bring you the right answers as you desire. Hallelujah. Beloved, I can't end without telling you that studying the Bible requires that you devote time. The enemy will like to steal your time. The devil comes not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Endeavor, fight to study the word of God. Put in everything so you can study the Word of God. The devil will steal your time. He will, steal your, he will try to divert your attention. Sometimes you say we are too busy or you are overstressed. This is not the time for Bible study. No. People say, oh, this, this issue I'm facing is not a Bible, Bible matter. Everything. The Bible, the Word of God is complete in every area of life. You are able to overcome every situation of life through the Word of God. Yes, God may refer you to other things to add on. But truthfully is the foundation of all truth in the word of God. I pray that as you have heard me th- this day, you also will have your life transformed. You will go back to the book of uh, Ezra and be, uh, have the same desire that Ezra had. In Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10. This is a statement that I learned many years ago when I was in secondary school. And it has helped me so much. Ezra had purpose in his heart. Right from his, uh, the, the time he, 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 he understood, he knew about the word of God. He also purposed in his heart. He prepared his heart to seek the Lord, the Lord. And to do it. Don't just seek the Lord for fun and say, I have the oldest version of the Bible. I have the most translations. Oh no. But to seek the Lord, the Lord. And aim to do it. And to teach. Desire to be a teacher. Desire to be a preacher. Desire to work out the works of God with the word of God the statutes and ordinances in Israel. Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10. God bless you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the privilege of understanding what it means to draw closer to you through your word. I pray the Lord, if there's any whose Bible study life is gone weak and is not affected much by the word, O oh Lord, reactivate any such desire, let your people begin to have a stirring which will bring back the love for your word. And for those who are studying, I pray for understanding. I pray for insight. I pray for wisdom. I pray for discernment, O Lord. As we study your word, help us, O Lord, to study it, that our lives will be transformed. That will not just be hearers, but will be doers. Grant us a good attitude towards the word of God. That Lord, we shall optimize our study of your word. We thank you that when we call upon you, you hear us. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for watching. Amen.